0: Two and a half years early, pay down a hundred thousand dollars of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Welcome to this episode of I Date Money. We have another special guest with us today. Today we have the most amazing and beautiful Asha T, who is an ISEI certified facilitator, coach, and mentor. She is the founder of Beyond EQ International. And she works with high-achieving teams and individuals, as well as women in their emotional health, feminine, and sexual energy to stop burnout. Now, who doesn't want to stop burnout? Asha has lived in three countries and spoken in four, making her an expert on perspective, talking, communication, and empathy. She is the author of The Empath is the Narcissist, a must-read, which is a book about trauma bonding and the dangers of push-pull dynamic in the world. Her mission is to stop trauma and heal the planet one person at a time. Welcome, Asha. I, I love that. Love your mission. That's oh so gosh, beautiful.
1: Thank you. I forgot to mention in there that I'm also a mermaid. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Very cool. Very important to know. Me, so I'm so happy to be here. Yeah.
0: Thanks for sharing your time with us and your your expertise. I'm excited for the audience to learn more about you and what you do. And. So we're going to start off with the with the standard question is, you know, money is a person, right? When when we think about money in our relationship, we need to personify that and say if money was a person, what would our relationship be like? And when you first met money, most likely you met money when you were a little kid. Mm-hmm. So share with us your earliest childhood memory around money.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I actually feel like we answered this question before I came on here, but I can't remember what I said. (laughs) I do know that I have always had a very difficult and traumatic relationship with money due to my family's dynamic with money. We grew up a lot with um, like my family has like a big gambling habit, but then on the other hand, we never had any money like there wasn't a lot of money and like everything's expensive, but then my parents would, or not my parents, but my father primarily would spend the money on anything anyway. So it was like, everything's expensive and everything costs an arm and a leg when, when actually we'd then like, you'd then go gamble or we'd go on like these big trips. So it was sort of that kind of, maybe if you would like poor dad attitude to money. And I, and one, I think that it's get quite common, right? Like it's this volatility of like, uh, feast and famine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All the idioms that we grow up with. I remember, um, my dad used to say that cost an arm and a leg. And I would literally think, are we cutting off our arm and our leg? Like what does that mean? Like it cost an arm and a leg and just to, yeah. And the, the complaints about it's so expensive. I, I hear that so many times and I'm like, well, define expensive. Like I, I mean, I used to be worried about, we had this great farm um, from my hometown called Kelly's Apple Farm. And every year they had these beautiful apple pies that were piled high and it's just so delicious. And every year they would go up in price and it got to the point where, oh, well, we're not buying that. That's too expensive. And I'm like, I'm sorry. We get these once a year. We're we're buying a pie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's once a year, let's do it. So, yeah. So, when you when yeah. you hear all of these statements, did you carry this into adulthood? Did you oh my god, yes,
1: yes, so much so, and like so many people do, and really financial intellect is energy. It's it's not so much of what we hold as far as a money story comes down to our self-worth. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't believe we're worthy of love of money. Those are the two main things in life, purpose and love. When purpose is money, um, we then block ourselves from receiving that money. And we simultaneously block ourselves from receiving love at the same time. There's no difference, really. It's really all about how much do I love myself to be in my truth and be authentic. And then also know that that's going to be, make me the most magnetic from, for money. So I've spent my entire life, um, coming to this place of balance to receive large sums of money comfortably and consistently. Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can you share more about the the energy part of it? I know some of the audience doesn't quite understand, you know, we, we hear a lot about it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just dive deeper into that.
1: Yes. So thank you for asking, because this is where I get, it gets good. Okay. So when I teach emotional intelligence and energetic intelligence, okay, so you may have heard of emotional intelligence, but what really it is, is the balance of the right and the left hemisphere of the brain. The right hemisphere is our emotions, our creativity, our fun, our vibrance. And then the left is our analytical brain where we're action and thinking, and cognitive. Now with EQ, we're basically taking the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain and bringing them together into like an amalgamation of consciousness. And we're increasing our vibes as we do that. We're releasing our trauma. So if you imagine your creativity, your truth, your authenticity, the right side, In conjunction with the left side, the left side represents the money. It's the purpose. It's the reason why you're here, your mission. And then the right represents love. So we've been told sort of like we have to, if in order to be successful entrepreneurs, we have to give up on love. Or if we are going to like be a mother, we have to give up on our purpose. Um, or these stories that we've created that keep us in this scarcity mindset and scarcity mindset is genetic it is dna it's built into our systems there are very very little emotional attachments that wealthy people are born with to money that is why when they go broke they instantly can get back to being rich again they don't think about a, mo- a money uh like as like when i get paid i'm then gonna be i'm gonna feel better when i feel like right so emotion uh, um money has no value. The only value money has is the emotion we tie to it. An emotion is energy in motion, which is why when you love money, it comes towards you. It wants that love, especially if you're a woman, because it's a masculine energy. And this is why so many women entrepreneurs have a difficult time because there's something in there that they're holding on to. Women generally tend to have more attachments and mm-hmm. stories. Men can kind of like let them go pretty quickly, and um, and we kind of get a little attachy. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're we're love. We're we're you know we represent love. Uh, men represent truth, and so we we have a little bit more of a difficult time with that. And so what my recommendation is to get that energy towards you is to think about your self worth. And any stories in your DNA that you may be holding, uh, and you want to change those on a cellular level.
0: Wow, that's amazing and very powerful. And I I have a better, like I told you before pre-show, I was like, I don't really know how to explain the energetics. I just know that it's that it's there and it is very powerful. And when we think about the self-worth, I talk to so many, so many ladies come to me and you know when we we get on a, a call and they're just beside themselves because the self-worth, they don't feel worthy to receive That's the it. money and they don't see the possibilities of receiving that much money, even though they want it. So there's like this frick, this you know, friction in between what they really want and what they're doing to get it, to get to where they want to get, get to that figure that. You know, one million dollars in thirteen months, or two hundred fifty thousand dollars, whatever the number is, right? So it's almost like a magnetic force pulling them back. It's almost like the magnetic is going in the wrong direction, and they yeah. don't understand why they can never meet their goals. So, it's, thank you for sharing that because that makes so much sense. And if if they could rewire, I know I always refer to it as the generational curse. You yes. know, what are what we're what we're taught as we're growing up become our own beliefs. And then shifting those beliefs and being aware of it and being able to say, I am worthy to receive.
1: That's right. That is 100% correct. And a woman in her natural essence, not doesn't matter about what your sexual preferences, this is energetics, but a woman in her natural resting place is in the place of receiving. Unfortunately, the last two to three generations, there's been a ton of masculinizing of women and it's I like don't get me wrong I'm a CEO I run a seven figure business I believe women can do anything when I shifted from my, running my business in masculine energy into feminine energy everything changed I was able to create over six hundred thousand dollars in the first two years of my business while it was burning down because of this awareness of emotions and women are amazing right now there's so many women doing such beautiful work but. You can actually, and I love what you did with your, um, Lisa, with the recording you have about like loving your money and who is this money man, because money is the same thing as masculine. It's an energy that penetrates you. Money penetrates you to seed you to create. Now, if you looked at that, just based off of masculine and feminine dynamics, the penis penetrates you to seed you to create life. Life Mm -hmm. itself. So you want to be open in your heart to receive that penetration through the heart space of literally feeling like money is just running through your body as an energy. And the reason is is because like the king wants to take care of you. He wants to support you. He is supporting you all the time. So what we've what we've experienced with this masculinization is women are closing their hearts and also it closes the womb which is the creational epicenter of the feminine being. When that closes, this is why so many women can't get pregnant in the moment. We have a lot of people who are on IVF. My clients get pregnant after working with me. We remove the heavy emotions and these heart shields that we have. And we open the heart up. You begin to glow and you begin to really trust the flow of money. And that is very, very scary, especially for women who are starting their own business feel the financial pressure, and also maybe a single mother like myself, it's scary. And so I can really empathize with the women that that have gone through that. I've gone through that. I've been $80,000 in debt with $50 in my bank account. And it doesn't feel good, but it's like that trust of the masculine energy and that masculine energy is money.
0: Yeah. And that's a a great description, a a way to, to just to give that picture of that and realizing that we have to receive. And, you know, like I was reading, um, something the other day and I was just like, you know, I tell my clients, you need to fall head over heels in love with money. you know, when you think about that, it sounds crazy, right? What do you mean? I'm going to date money, but when you personify money and you realize that it is this reciprocal energy of giving and receiving, if you're holding your fist tight, you're not going to be able to receive and a lot of women a lot of female entrepreneurs have no problems giving they'll give to their clients they'll give their time and all of that but when it comes to themselves um no they're closed fest and they're blocking everything and they could just remove their blocker i like to tell them get out of your way just get out of your way it took me i mean i started my entrepreneurial journey in august of 20 and i changed my niche three times because i knew i wasn't in the right place and i was so good at hiding from my emotions that I couldn't even identify what I really truly wanted to do, even though I had been in finances and insurance since 1987. I'm like, why aren't I doing this? Like, why isn't this my niche? And so when I finally did the work, um, I got out of my own way and I fell in love with doing the wealth activation. And, you know, a lot of times our past mistakes, our past choices dictate what we're doing in the present and affects our future self. So what can you share on that about your experience feeling unworthy around money and blaming your, your past self? And I I have a lot of clients who come to me and say, well, I have this childhood memory story and I don't really want to blame my parents. It's not their fault, but I really believe I'm not good enough. I can't, I can't perform. I can't, I won't, I shouldn't, whatever, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. You know, there's, it's interesting. My parents have always raised myself and my sister to be like really highly self-worth, high self-worth, which is why my book, the empath is the narcissist. I talk about my own journey into narcissism. A lot of women actually are quite narcissistic at the core because we are maybe so embedded in our, like we can, it shows up in like um, people pleasing and also withholding intimacy from men Um, putting all of our time and energy into making money um, and not allowing like the masculine to maybe provide in our life. And that was me. It was like, I was really under like this really deep, like feminism agenda of like saving the entire world and people pleasing everybody. Like you just described uh, giving, 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 and then like never being in receptivity and never being able to receive. And it was really, really difficult for me. So I, I think um, it's, Interesting because my parents like their goal was to make us feel very very worthy, but I had a, a bad abandonment wound with my father. Work, my father worked a lot, so the result was that I felt like I needed to like work a lot and like things have to be hard to make money and like I it has to be difficult to make money. And I've really like that is the main story I'm working on right now. It's like it gets to be easy to just relax. It's going to come like. You don't need to overextend yourself. Just keep allowing the flow to move through you. And so that would probably be my biggest my biggest hurdle. The second thing, though, I wanted to share with you and any women <laughs> who may be listening, you're holding on to heartbreak or holding on to a man that you feel is like the guy, but he's not quite ready for you yet. Or like you're in your head, you've already been married and have eight kids, but he doesn't even know you exist. That happens sometimes when if we have that a heartbreak or anger toward the masculine in the past or this desire to get with the masculine in the future we're taking ourselves out of the present moment and that is an energetic attachment to to masculine which is to money so it's going to affect affect your receivership so my advice for women is heal the relationship with the masculine to receive more money and open wider to receive it
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that.
1: Very wise advice. I love
0: that. And uh, all my clients are people pleasers. Are they? Former people pleaser. (laughs) Yes. It's
1: real. Yeah. It's
0: it's, yeah. I, I tell my clients like I was looking at the similar similarities of all of them. I'm like they're all multi passionate and they're all people pleasers. I'm like, okay, that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> Amazing, right?
0: I, I can see why we're, all, we're why we're working together. Yeah, I love it. So yeah. when you pitch your money as a person, how do you describe money?
1: Yes. Okay. Well, on your little beautiful little thing that you offer, which is to getting to see money as as like my man, I chose Ian the investor. But the reality is, is I visualize like this, a really buff man. That's like, got like, um, he's got a mun, you know, like a man bun and like a really chiseled face. And he's like smoking hot, like a King, like a dark King. And he's like constantly providing for me. So I visualize the kingdom within, I work with women in the inner King so that they are healing and repairing their relationship to the masculine. And I do that through inner King when they're erected in the inner King inside themselves, they get to drop into receiving more and create from that place. So my inner Kings like always with me. Like right now, he's just like hanging on my shoulder. Yeah. 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 So deep relationship. It's been amazing. And, and trust me, I have been tested, emptied out at the, in the fire, like in the um, extinguisher of oxygen like down to like $5 and like, Oh, and gigolo, I'm going to have a heart attack. And then I don't have a heart attack. And I'm just like, just trust, just trust, just trust. And then it just like fills back up similar to you changing niches all the time. But one hand, it may have looked like um, entrepreneurial schizophrenia. And then on the other hand, it's alignment mm-hmm. and alignment can look a little funny sometimes.
0: Yeah. And thank you for that because I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that. And they're not doing what they love. You know, they'll create these mission statements, their help statements, and they'll be like, eh, it's okay. And they're not quite sure how to craft a program because they're not hundred percent sure about the result that they're delivering. And then they're afraid to charge because they're afraid that if they charge too much, they're going to scare people away. They're going to lose their followers. So there's all these fears around this bigger picture. And it's just, it's so simple And the way you describe it. It's it's so beautiful. It's this beautiful relationship where you're just coming together and you're partnering and you're meshing and you're like in the moment of now, the power of now, right? That neutrality of just being and receiving, because that's, that's what we're all here for. We're all here to give that reciprocal energy. So I, I love that. He's so handsome and good looking.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm single in the moment. And like, I ordered myself like a real powerful man. So I think he's just like, oh, they're getting ready for this little hot rocket. You know? <laughs> he's got like 80, 50, 85 personalities in one. I don't know who this dude is, but he better be ready to party. <laughs> and so he's just getting ready. So in the moment, I treat my business and money like it's my boyfriend. It's like, it literally then makes me like not have an emotional attachment to like getting more money. I just like bring myself back into the present and like into his arms. And then I do the same with this guy that happens to be in my life right now that I have a major crush on. And so, and when I think about him, I'm like, I'll go, Oh no, I'm in a relationship. Like I'm in a relationship with my inner King right now. And this is the relationship I'm in. Mm-hmm. And that is so, so powerful because you become magnetic. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. You do. My husband and I we're going to be celebrating our 30 year anniversary come September and we've been together for 34 years and uh he always, you know, he always tells our kids you can't love somebody until you love yourself. So if you're not happy with yourself, how do you expect to love someone else?
1: Yeah. You know, and,
0: and I think about the conversations we have. You know, I I spent years looking in the mirror beating myself up, I'm not worthy and One of the reasons why I was so afraid to step into being a wealth activator was because I carried $100,000 worth of debt. And when I was 22 years old, I was a single mom working as a bankruptcy paralegal and helping. My job was to help. I created budgets for people after they filed for bankruptcy so they wouldn't do that again. So when I filed bankruptcy with $32,000 worth of debt as a single mom back in the early 90s, I just felt like this big, you know, I was like two inches big. I was so unworthy. And I said, I am, I am going to be the best steward. I'm going to save all my money. And, you know, I started working at the social security administration and um, in 1992, what my first client that I helped get retirement benefits says, Hey, can I give you some advice? I'm like, absolutely. He was my son who's around your age, gave me this advice. And if I would have had it at your age, I would have been a trillionaire. Go read the book, The richest Man in Babylon. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I'm an avid reader. I'll go grab the book. So yeah. I grabbed the book and I implemented the strategy, and i I have all my clients read it. My audience, please read the book. It's part of that's the birth of my money multiplier system, two parts of it. And when I think about the steps that I took way back then, that's what made me a self-made millionaire, right? And it's so simple, but yet we don't do it. We keep getting in our own way. We keep looking in the mirror and saying you're not worthy. Focusing on those past mistakes, you know. And then I was debt free from 22 until 40. 40, I started going through menopause. My husband said I had a midlife crisis. I literally was addicted to zero percent credit cards. So I was in a self sabotage stage of overeating, over drinking, and overspending. Right? Even though I had the money. So I did some work with a um, an artist who worked on finances using artwork to rewrite my money story and was able to pay off $100,000 worth of debt in six months. But still, that was in August of 20. Still, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get out of my own way to say, yes, I should be a wealth activator. I should help people. I should help women create these money strategies. And I tried it a little bit like in within my programs, but I still backed away. So when you think about that, What's one piece of advice that you can give to somebody who knows, they know what they're supposed to do, but they're so afraid because they're focusing on that unworthiness that you made that mistake. You went bankrupt. You you racked up $100,000 worth of debt. You did this. So what kind of advice can you give to them?
1: Oh, I love that question. Yeah, really great share. I love your story. Thank you for sharing. There's a lot there. Number one, I believe if you're an entrepreneur, even removing the word debt is a really helpful little nugget. Most wealthy people use the word leverage and just saying like that, and it, it's not to create like, oh, let me go out and have a ton of debt. But at the same time, it's giving a different relationship to what you're doing. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's your soul's work. God called you, source called you, pink elephant man in the sky, whatever you want to call it, called you for the job and is asking you to take this path to learn lessons that are going to make you a better person. That is that is the truth of the matter. And so that that's one little bit. The other word is cost. Um, I changed the word cost always to investment. Cost is actually said to derive from the Latin word costa, which means a limb or a rib and and like to lo- like lose a rib so you want to invest right so you're investing with a currency and so i think really like the the question was around like what was the question again <laughs> <laughs> I can be like that. I'm like really in the moment. I'm like, hey, what's <laughs> like what, what's funny, uh,
0: Sometimes when I'm at, when I'm on a podcast, I'll forget the question. I'll be like, I, "I'm i too afraid to ask that question." So I, oh, yeah. oh yes, Love- that's it—the worthy thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god, this is so good. Okay, I have a great tip for people. This is where it's going to get good. Every time you jump on a sales call or, for, okay. Men are designed to help women. They want to help you. And if we actually look at the pathway of men versus women in entrepreneurship, uh, 99.9% of the lifespan that we've all lived, it's been men. They know how to structurally build business and they want to help. They get their rocks off by helping people. They providers, they are providers by nature. They want to help. If they don't want to help, big whoop. They said no, move on to the next one. So get used to asking for help. You, the, the solopreneur is the biggest lie ever made. We should not be doing it alone. We should be building each other up and asking for help from people that you want, that are where you want to be, is a huge, like, oh my gosh. I'm literally straight up asking men that I know that are like multimillionaires and billionaires that I'm like, I need help. Can you help me? And then what I do before I ask is I say, I close my eyes and I say, answer for my highest good, always answering for my highest good, always answering for my highest good. So if they say no, they're not hurting my boo-boo feelings. They're saying no, because source of the universe or God is saying, get this dude out of the way. He's not the right path. So I'm grateful whether it's a yes or a no. And I take the same energy into my coaching calls. So if they don't say yes, it just means that it's not the right time. And I can improve my scale skills and the way that I ask. And I'm good if I'm willing to look at it. But at the end of the day, it's always moving for your highest. So you really want to just keep that high energy of knowing that whether it's a yes or a no, it's totally the right thing that's supposed to happen in that right moment. And that right there is infinite power. And it gives you the Keep on going. You know, listen, you know, the, the the Kardashians get a really bad rap, but I'm going to tell you straight up right now, watch those women. If you desire to pick up the codes of billionaire women, go to their Instagram page, pretend you're a Kardashian wealth. And then look at Kris Kardashian because she is like legit the best businesswoman ever. And she says, if they say no, they're not your people. Keep moving. Who gives a shiitake mushrooms? She doesn't say she talks to mushrooms. That's my thing, but she does just keep it going. Keep the, keep the road going. But if you don't ask, you can't get, and people cannot read your mind. So I think it's all about being confident in your authority and saying, I got something I know is going to help people. And I'm going to ask for the help. And I'm going to trust that every time I ask, I'm getting one energetic, like little pathway closer to my deepest soul's desires.
0: I love that. That's awesome advice. So, for those of you listening, rewind, listen to that again, because it's very powerful. And yeah, hanging out with people that you want to be like is great advice because that will inspire you to do the thing and to get out of your own way. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. Um, Before we sign off, go ahead and share
1: your two minute
0: elevator pitch with us. Oh my God,
1: I love it. Can I say one more quickie thing too? Just for the ladies in there. The number one thing that's super important is your joy. Like sitting and banging at a computer all day long. I mean, unless that brings you infinite amounts of joy, just make sure you're peppering in your day with like hours of self-pleasure, hours of like winding down. And really whatever brings you joy, being in that joy frequency is gonna help you so much more than you know. And so now here's my elevator pitch. Bing! Bing! (laughs) Okay. So I'm Asha T. You can find me if you like the business vibes on LinkedIn at Asha, A-A-S-H-A-T, LaCount, L-A-C-O-U-N-T, like you count your dollar bill, bill, bills. And I just made that up. And then also I'm on Instagram, Asha, A-A-S-H-A underscore T -T 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 underscore international. I would also love to share a free ebook with everybody called Emotional intelligence creates unicorns, the fastest way to make money in your business. And I also have a beautiful scarcity mindset activation, which is essentially like a meditation. You listen to for 21 days. It's got weird light language in it. I've seen miracles happen. People get million dollar deals, $5,000 checks in the mail, crazy stuff. I will release your stories. I, at the time I recorded it, I was making about 30 to 50 K consistently a month. So if you're under that threshold, you will find benefit. And that is what I'd love to share. And I can't wait to have you in my network. I do epic, epic courses. Please reach out. If you would like to connect, I'm fun, crazy, mermaidy, businessy, and all about all of the vibes and feel that's the best way we should always be.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for sharing those gifts with the audience. Those links will be in the show notes. So if you love this episode, which I know you will because it's unbelievable, it's phenomenal, right? Be sure to rate it, give us some love and share it with everyone you know who needs to hear this. Even if you don't think that they need to hear it, share it anyways. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to rate the show. Give us some love. We would love your review. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. And some words of advice, pay yourself first. Are you ready to partner with money? Go check out the money dating game at idatemoney.com and choose your partner. We
1: hope you always get the date you want.